Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. This episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Brian Peacock with Matt Williamson. Uh, we've got some fun stuff to get into, maybe some Twitter Thursday overflow questions. Matt, I know you put a poll out there about best skill position players in the NFL, which is uh, an interesting one. I think it's it's time for us to start talking fantasy football a little bit as fantasy drafts start heating up, as it looks like we're getting closer and closer to the season with folks reporting to camp. Um you had an interesting topic about quarterbacks and, and drafting quarterbacks that I think I would like to talk about too going forward yeah. since we've talked a lot about quarterbacks this week. And as has been the case throughout this funky offseason, there's new COVID-19 reports just about every day. Um, there's And I, I want to preface this by saying we're going to have reports and you're going to keep seeing reports and some of it's doom and gloom. But some of it's like, okay, you tested positive. That's why the testing is in place. Go home. If you come back, don't have symptoms, and you test negative later, then good. You know, good sign. The testing has worked. We're, we're keeping people isolated and all of that. So some of it is positive news when it comes to coronavirus, if indeed the league's protocols are working. Because you see big names like, you know, the Lions have two players that they're hoping are, are a huge part of their team. Talking about skill guys, Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson, both put on the COVID-19 reserve list that doesn't always mean they actually tested positive they could have just been near it or around it and so they want to isolate people that might have been in contact with someone who did have it too so just because you see someone on the COVID-19 list doesn't mean they necessarily tested positive either right and maybe we'll go over the entire opt-out list you know next week or something like that because some of them obviously have ramifications but when you see big name players going on these lists or being sent home or any of this type of thing, don't overreact now. I mean, this is very, very much to be expected. That doesn't even mean they have the disease. Sometimes it's just that they're around somebody that did. Maybe they're a little higher risk. Like, we have to talk about it. Like, you and I were talking about this off the air. We have to talk about it, but I think the way you phrased it was, it's not really anything until it's something. Yeah, hopefully the reports are, okay, good. We caught a test. We caught somebody positive before they could spread it around. They get quarantined. They're asymptomatic. No symptoms. Their health is good. Everybody else's health is good, too, because they don't have it. We go forward. Like, that's ideally what the stories are going to be. We don't get a lot of details from the teams. I I think we'll find out if any of these players are on the list for a prolonged time, because that's the worry, because, you know, health is the worry. You don't want them to have symptoms and go through a process that could potentially be fatal in some cases and you know younger folks younger healthy folks tend to be less susceptible but that doesn't mean they're not susceptible either so it's not nothing but until there's big things to report um you know just just because you see somebody go on a list it's not time to get super worried yet it just means the testing protocols are working in a lot of cases and i think we're seeing that in buffalo too the story that sounds ominous the buffalo bills this from espn sent their rookies home from team facilities Thursday as a response to five positive coronavirus tests this week, the team told ESPN in a statement. So they basically saw a group of folks that, um, that you know, they didn't want it to spread further. So this is what mm-hmm. the Miami Marlins should have done, right? Instead of going on about their business and then it getting spread further and then it causes a bigger problem. So good on the Bills for seeing that. Be overly cautious, isolate the problem, 
and hopefully there's no symptoms and everyone's healthy, gets back, tests negative, and we get on with it. And they don't spread it to other people. Yeah, and I don't really have much more to add to it than that, but um, I, I think you said that well. When in doubt, send people home, get them out of the way. Um, there, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys came, took a test, went home for three days anyways, come back. You know, like, let's not get crazy with it. I don't think it's anything like, you know, the, what we're seeing in the major leagues where a game's getting canceled here and there. Another one I think was canceled yesterday or today. Um, but sports are moving along, and the NFL's following suit. I watched basketball last night. Yeah, that's a great sign. They, <laughs> right. We know the bubble worked, right? The bubble worked fantastic for the NBA. It looks like bubble hockey. Things are going well with that, too. And NBA started back up and started playing. And it dawned on me when the NBA players, I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing them in close contact, right? And I'm so used to seeing people with masks on. Here's 10 guys on a court, no masks, going at it like as if it was a full arena, like they were playing hard. This was legitimate, let's go, game sure, on basketball. basketball right. And I was thinking, well, you know what? It's probably a nice weight off their shoulders knowing that every single player on the court got tested yesterday, today, the day before. Everyone's negative. They know that the people they're in contact with don't aren't positive with this. They have a bubble situation, so they didn't go out earlier and grab some wings like Lou Williams did, who, you know, and then they're like, well, you dummy, now you can't be a part of the bubble. You got to go. You can't, you know, you can't do this because you can't go out, bring it back in. And that's one of the things with the NFL is it's not a bubble situation. So it's not even as much the players passing it on to themselves. You've got to isolate the people that bring something from the outside into the facilities. Right, right. And uh, again, really well said. It was great. I watched LeBron and Zion last night. I'm excited to watch my Penguins in playoffs on Saturday. So the world's moving along. It's not exactly the same visual we're used to, but I do think the NFL news is pretty positive too, and hopefully it stays that way. You know, again, don't overreact to these lists. And I do want to say that there are some players out there who have decided to opt out, and there are some fans that get really mad about that, and I would uh, urge fans to not be mad about that. Players have their reasons. Um, it's health first, it's safety first, family reasons, personal reasons. Marquise Goodwin, it's been really documented how he's had trouble um, conceiving a child with his wife and they have a new baby. And man, seeing all the stuff they've had to go through over the years, like more power to you, man. Take care of your family first. Don't worry about this other stuff. Some Eagles fans I saw were mad because they had traded, you know, it was a very minor trade, but they traded a little something in the draft to get Marquise Goodwin. And so, you know, a little bit upset about that, but you know, it's out of your control. All of these players that are opting out have a good reason and more power to anybody who decides to opt out and take care of their family. And, you know, for those people who decide to, to give it a go, good on them too and hopefully it all works out and protocols are in place and yeah so basically there's some ominous stuff some negative stuff i would i would advise folks out there to you know stay away from the negative do what you can do to help everybody else in society as well so wear a mask wash your hands and applaud players for doing what they think is the right thing for their family and let's hope testing protocols are in place test every day take temperatures and let's get this season going and hopefully everybody's safe and uh, the protocols work yeah i 100 agree um, you know, my job as an analyst, though, is to what's the impact on the field when right. these guys aren't going to be part of it. So I definitely want to do some of that next week. I mean, some of these nose tackle types that aren't going to come be playing hurts their team. I mean, Michael Pierce was just signed a pretty big money, you know, and he's not going to be there. So uh, it, it certainly is noteworthy, but to to blame them or to, you know, 
call them out is wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just that that simple to me. And uh, actually, one of the bits of news there that has a fantasy impact, additions being made, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers adding LaShawn McCoy. We hinted at it yesterday. I think this is a perfect time for a Fantasy Friday segment that we should keep going here. Run up to the regular season, a lot of fantasy drafts, people are preparing, people starting to draft. So let's start our first Fantasy Friday segment with some of the running back news around the league. And Matt, your poll, who is the best position player in the NFL? I know you have some thoughts on it. I am quite surprised by the results I'm seeing of that poll. The results that are not surprising me, however, are those of you who keep telling me that you love rockauto.com and you're glad we recommended them. Rockauto.com is the first thing you should think of when you think of auto parts and you think of car maintenance. Whether you're trying to fix up that old classic car or you're just trying to keep your daily driving vehicle out there on the road. Maybe you didn't drive your car for months during quarantine. Now the battery's dead. It happened to me. Thankfully, I bought jumper cables from rockauto.com. Whether it's jumper cables, whether you need a new battery, motor oil, engine parts, brake parts. Go to rockauto.com. They have everything you need, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, the same prices for a do-it-yourselfer, professional mechanic. And when I say amazing selection, every part that ever existed in the world, essentially, is at Rock Auto. I'm blown away every time I go to their website. You can search by part number, by make, model, year, simple, easy-to-navigate website. It's a family-owned business that's been helping people buy auto parts online for 20 years, so you can feel good about buying your auto parts at rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So why not, Matt? Let's get into this a little bit with the running backs because Clyde Edward Hilaire's stock was already high. It got even higher. Damian Williams opting out. And on the other side of that is in Tampa Bay. People weren't sure already what to do with Ronald Jones. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round of the NFL draft, and now... The Tampa Bay Bucks have added LaShawn McCoy from a fantasy perspective. Stock up for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. Where do you put stock in that Tampa Bay backfield? It doesn't move the needle for me a lot. I, I am a shady fan. Uh, you probably don't know this, but my last year at Pitt, I watched him as a junior in high school, and we recruited him really heavily. He actually committed to the U. And I don't know what I, I had already left Pitt, so I forgot the details of how he changed his commitment, end up going to Pitt. He's from the middle of the state here in PA. He was obviously awesome in uh, high school. And his older brother was a wide receiver that played for the Cardinals for a little bit, too. So good family. Um, so I always root for Shady. Has had an amazing career. I think a borderline Hall of Fame career. But when I saw that go across the the, the ticker, I was like, is he going to make the team? I mean, probably, but he's no help on special teams. If one of those guys, I mean, I don't think he's going to be the man in Tampa. I mean, I think there's a much better chance he doesn't make the team as opposed to he's going to lead the team in rushing. He showed some spurts last year, but not sustained at all. Four and a half yards per carry last year. Not too bad. Uh, it was way up from his... Uh, last year in Buffalo, he's only had 3.2 yards per carry in his 13 starts in 2018. And that was really the decline where people thought, okay, well, Shady's done. But I, it, it tells me, I look at that roster and I think, okay, well, you can't trust Ronald Jones. You don't know what you have in a rookie. So let's at least bring in a veteran that we know can play NFL football, even if he's not his old self. 
Yeah, right. It, it doesn't hurt. I mean, 100% true. He, he knows what to do in protection. Ronald Jones is far from a sure thing, too, let alone Vaughn. Um, my hunt, I know they didn't play together, but I'm sure Brady, Gronk, and, and Shady know each other well from being in the league and Pro Bowls and whatnot and events. So a good culture guy, too. Who do you draft on your fantasy team out of that backfield, or do you avoid it? Avoid, but there's always a point where the price is right. I never liked Jones much, and he's always been very questionable in the passing game, which really bothers me because he's not a bruising back either, Mm -hmm. and that includes protection. I hate to put stock in a rookie in protection that I'm not going to see in the preseason, but Vaughn was very good in protection at college, and he's a very sturdy built guy. And I I harp on protection here because Brady is not going to go for someone on the field that is questionable protection. So that's the winner of the race to me. Um, The guy's name I never can pronounce well, Ubalale, or (laughs) I I always say his name wrong. (laughs) He also could end up being the third down back too. He's not bad. I wonder if, so, you know, all the way back to April, there were still going to be preseason games. You draft a rookie running back. You think, oh, yeah, we'll get him ready. We'll have training camp and we'll have all these practices. We'll have four preseason games. This guy's going to be ready to go. And we'll have Ronald Jones. We'll have Keyshawn Vaughn. That'll be our one-two punch. Then you realize, okay, it's going to be more difficult to get this rookie ready to go. And Tom Brady uh, isn't one that's going to you know suffer through. No. Somebody missing a third down blitz pickup, right? So that tells me, okay, LaShawn McGoy, let's 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 put you on the field on third down. Uh, at least we can trust you. And, you know, first and second down, maybe we'll have a little bit more fun with the younger backs and see if we can break some big runs. Yeah, 100% true. And uh, this year, more than ever, coaches, and Brady's basically a coach at this point, <laughs> are going to favor the bird in the hand as opposed to the shiny new thing that they don't know if they can trust yet. The one thing, I, as you were saying that, though, and maybe this is a reflection on the player, Devontae Freeman would have made a lot more sense. I don't know what is going on with Devontae Freeman. What's going on Freeman. there, yeah. Yeah, and he, he changed agents, right? I think so. And he already turned down a deal from Seattle. Then Seattle ended up signing Carlos Hyde. I don't know what he expects to get on the open market or if it's just a situation where now it's... Is there an injury of, we don't know about? Yeah, uh, you know? that's... That's a tough one there. That That's one that I don't know, and it would seem that he would still have more tread on the tires than LaShawn McCoy. That one would have moved the needle, and I would have said, oh, I'm drafting Freeman. Yeah, right. Interesting. That is an interesting yeah. one. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, stock up, obviously, just because there's no competition now, I don't think it makes him a better player because Damian Williams isn't going to be in the backfield in Kansas City. How high do you draft him now? Yeah. I think we talked about how maybe round one is still a little high. I'm seeing him jump into the first round conversation in fantasy drafts. Mid round two, high round two. See, I think that's where he was going before this news. I mean, from I haven't done any drafts, but from what I've read and, you know, along those lines, was he seemed like he was going to be a end of the first, beginning of the second turn guy especially PPR, of course, because he's he's going to catch a lot of passes. I mean, in standard, he'd be much lower. But after this news, I've heard some people say the only running backs are taken ahead of Edwards Hilaire are Saquon, Zeke, McCaffrey, Cook, and Kamara. And I immediately thought, Oof. that's too rich for me, man. So I mean, do you draft Miles Sanders or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? 
I think I still prefer Sanders. I still okay. prefer Mixon. I still prefer Henry. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, the thing about it is he's bad in protection, first of all. I know that watching his LSU tape. Maybe he'll get better, and maybe they won't ask him to do a lot. But they don't run the ball very much. You know, in the first half, they'll run the ball like eight times. And is he going to be the guy that finishes out games when they're winning by 30 and just pounding people to death? I don't know that he will. Is he going to catch 80 balls this year as a rookie? That's not easy, you know? So I think he's overvalued after this news. And I was kind of sneak. I, I would have gladly taken Damian Williams where he was going real late you know, if he would have stuck around, I, that's where I was with it. It was like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure still a rookie. And I, I like rookie running backs and it's, it's the one rookie position I will draft. And it's going to be tough for me this year with rookie wide receivers. I'm going to probably avoid because I don't think their ADPs are going to drop to a place where I'm comfortable with it, with this. It's just hard for rookie wide receivers already with this off season. no, mini camps, no rookie camps, no preseason games to figure that out and get on the same page with, with quarterbacks aside from, Eight padded practices, uh, rookie wide receivers, rookie quarterbacks, I think might suffer, especially early in the year. So I'll let you draft a player at wide receiver, then drop him, and then I'll pick him up midseason. That, that's my plan with rookie wide receivers in uh, in redraft leagues this year. But with running backs, you, you can really oh, – did you have a point there? No, I was just going to give you two names and see if you would take him above or below these two. Okay. Nick Chubb, and your side note there – Heard something along the lines that Jarvis Landry is moving along slowly and Kareem Hunt is expected to do most of his work in the wide receiver room. And I guess we've heard some of that rumbling already. Um, that doesn't mean that he's not going to hurt Chubb, but that, that does help Chubb a little bit if that news help, you know, comes around. Chubb or Edward Solaire? Oh, Chubb. Me too. Yeah, I would have gone Chubb already just because I've seen how good he yeah, can be. he's great. But I really like, I really like Kareem Hunt too because if Chubb gets hurt, and obviously he does have some injury history, if he gets hurt, Kareem Hunt could be a league winner. Yes, because of his ability, not only as a runner but as a receiver in PPR leagues. So you know, and and Hunt's going to go pretty late. So he's someone I'm going to be targeting in most of my leagues if I if I need a running back in that zone where I've seen him go. But uh, he's that rare question. guy that you can start when everybody's healthy as a flex and probably be pretty comfortable. Yes. But if the right guy gets hurt, you probably, you might win the league. Like you said. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, Ed- Edward Solaire or Eckler. Oh gosh. That's a They're tough pretty one. Similar. Yeah. yeah I like Eckler a lot. Yeah. Um, I might go Edward Solaire just because of the offense. Yeah. And rivers, I think helped Eckler a lot. Yes. In terms of the receptions. I bet his reception numbers dip a little, but I know he's good at football at the NFL level. I'm not even positive Edward Solaire is yet. And here's the thing is you can get Eckler a lot later. So I'm more likely to end up with Eckler on my team probably because he might come Mm -hmm. around at that next turn. I hear you. Yeah, I like Eckler a lot. Yeah. Those are good questions there. I like those. Tough one. All right. Let's see here. Let's get to this poll question next. Who's the best skill position player in the NFL uh, you have four options here. I imagine some folks got mad that their favorite player wasn't one of the four options. So we'll get into that question coming up. Locked on NFL. All right, Matt, I don't know if you want to preface this poll question. Sure. What made you throw this out there on Twitter for who was the best skill position player in the NFL? I threw out a question very vague, just saying who's the best skill position player in the league and got a lot of responses. So I used those responses to pick four names and 
the four names I picked were Julio Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, and Michael Thomas. And the two that I would have, if there were six spots, I would have added Saquon. I would have added Tyreek, which some people might not look at Tyreek as a the number three receiver. I just think he is so scary and defensive coordinators hate playing against him. And that carries a lot of weight for me. Um, and the more I thought about it with all respect to the offensive lineman in the league right now, if we included the, if I changed this conversation of who's the best offensive player, non quarterback in the league right now, I think the list would be exactly the same. There's no Ogden Walter Jones in the league right now that I think could say, that offensive lineman is the best offensive player in the whole league. So th this conversation basically comes down to who's the best offensive player on the planet right now that's not a quarterback. And my followers voted for Christian McCaffrey, which I pretty much expected. I mean, the season he just put up, he got 46% of the votes. Uh, Julio got 24. Obviously, Julio has the best body of work of these guys. Your boy Kittle got 20% and Michael Thomas got 10 and people are probably going to say, well, who are your guys' votes? My vote, and it really isn't that close for me, is George Kittle. Ooh, and, really? And okay. Shocked by that. Right. So and that's going to lead me to another conversation. That's why I'm going this. I, when I looked at the poll, and I just clicked on it right at the beginning of this segment because I hadn't participated in it yet, uh, my initial thought was my vote is, is Julio for sure. Okay. I clicked on Kittle because I expected Kittle to have the fewest votes. So I just want to add too. a little bit to him at the bottom. And I was surprised he had twice as many votes as Michael Thomas. That that surprised me. Maybe because there's two wide receivers on the list and some of that got split. But McCaffrey is fourth for me because you know how I feel about running backs. Even though I love Christian McCaffrey, he's great. But to me, it's Julio, probably Kittle and Thomas tied, and then McCaffrey four. Okay. And my logic with Kittle is the same logic, and I am not comparing him to Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, to me, and I say this all the time, and I get a lot of blowback on it, is the best non-quarterback, in my opinion, of this generation. And Ooh. for all the same reasons that I took Kittle number one, because there's no answer for him. You know, I mentioned how Tyree Kill terrifies defensive coordinators. I promise you... Playing against Gronk in their prime, defensive coordinators would rather line up against Julio, AB, Odell in his prime, whoever the best running back you can remember, uh, just because it's they're easier to defend. I mean, there's there's what type of defensive player can guard Gronkowski one on one? Or the beauty of them is if you're gonna if they whatever personnel they trot out there, if you're gonna try to defend the Patriots with lighter guys, then he's going to line up in line and smash you and you're going to, they're going to run down your throat. And there's just no answer. I mean, if you're going to play heavier to defend the run, Brady motions him out and he's on a linebacker doing dances in the end zone. You know, like, I think he's the most indefensible player of this generation on offense, not in quarterback. And I think Kittle is in that same mold for me in that the blocking is outstanding He's not as good as Gronkowski, but it's he presents the same problems. I've thought a lot about this recently because of the George Kittle contract and what he should make. And when you think about players like what Gronk was, what George Kittle is now, how impactful they are on every single play, because I said it was Julio for me pretty easily on this poll. And 
George Kittle impacts the passing game, maybe not to the level of Julio Jones, but he impacts it quite a bit, and he's a tough cover because of, like you said, the mismatch of what you have going on there with a big man who can run and get open. You know, you he he you can't cover him with a linebacker. Some safeties you can't cover him with. You put a small man on him, then you're getting dominated in the run game. And George Kittle's good enough as a blocker against defensive ends in the run game. Forget about it if he gets a defensive back, right? So that's the value. The 49ers, when Kittle was hurt and out last year, they ran for two yards per carry less in those games when he wasn't in there. So that's important. Mm-hmm. And I, I think back historically about contracts for tight ends, and I'm thinking, how is it possible that Gronk wasn't one of the highest paid non-quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL because of the impact he brings? And George Kittle brings that impact too. And I'm thinking, man, he's asking wide receiver money and his agent's asking wide receiver money. They should be. The 49ers, no matter what they end up paying him, it's going to be a bargain because he impacts the game way more than some of the wide receivers that are going to be making the contract that he makes, even if he does get wide receiver money. Like, who would you take, Adam Thielen or George Kittle, right? And they're going to end up getting paid the same. Kittle might end up getting paid less. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I couldn't remember what spurred this whole conversation on in my head. And that was it, was George Kittle's agent should listen to this podcast and present it to the Niners and say, I want to be the highest paid offensive player that's not a quarterback in the league. And if it's anything less than that, like you said, the Niners get a deal uh, and tight ends are vastly underpaid. Gronk didn't make that much. I mean, as all time greats go for this generation, uh, it, it's remarkable. I, I, I wonder if the league's going to change in that way. Is Kittle going to be a trendsetter? I can't imagine them letting him go. Of course. I mean, what's even a deal and this was true like when Aaron Darnold's Darnold's contract is up. If you franchise him, even franchise him a second time, it's the biggest deal in the in the league. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're I still mean, paying him less. So uh, essentially, the, that's where the 49ers bargaining power is. Like, okay, look, tight ends, you're going to make four or five million dollars more than the highest paid tight end anyway. Like mm-hmm. we're off. I'm, I'm sure they're uh, have an offer on the table that's yeah. at least, you know, three, four million dollars more than the highest paid tight end in the NFL at minimum. And they have the option of tagging you two times. This gonna, you're going to make less than that dollar amount. So basically it's going to have to get ugly and he'll get the tag. Then he'll hold out next off season. That's the only way to play this out for Kittle in the long run. Um, but the leverage is there for the 49ers and historically tied in money is so low that, and actually the latest on that Kittle contract from Ian Rappaport is that the sides aren't particularly close right now. And I thought that there was some, uh, some inkling that maybe they were inching closer to a deal and it might get done when we've seen some of these other contracts like the Bosa contract and things getting done right at the beginning of training camp. Kittle's going to show up to camp, he said. So he's there. He's already been tested once, as far as I know. And in fact, I think he might be getting tested again today if that's what the schedule they're on. But they're not particularly close, according to Ian Rappaport. And he's probably talking to the agent. Um I don't know. I, I just don't know They're where just this gonna deal... franchise him and he's going to get less than he's worth. But, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, crazy. it's too easy for the Niners. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So if Kittle, I, I got and, another nugget for you. Sorry. To yeah, sure. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. We don't need to keep talking about this. But yeah, they're not close, oh. which is not super surprising just because what he should be asking. And I'm assuming what the, the agent is asking. So they might have to get really creative with some bonus structures, something to make it be like, OK, look, we gave you a lot. And you have the potential to make a lot more if you do go crazy, but we can't give you Julio's contract. So here's what I got for you is I, you mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said the Niners ran for two yards more per play 
with Kittle in the lineup than without, correct? Yes. And they're obviously a very run-based. It's very important in their offense. If it was the Chiefs and it was Kelsey, I wouldn't, you know, bat an eye. But it's super important for that team. Well, here's my Gronk conversation that kind of even overshadows that. So Gronkowski, including the playoffs, he was a Patriot from 2010 to 2018. He missed 33 games in that stretch. We knew he had a lot of injuries. He played in 129. Again, this is including playoffs. Brady took many more sacks and threw many more interceptions per game, the games that Gronk missed. And I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I do have these numbers, which are startling. Brady's passer rating, again, this is 33 games. It's not five. It's a pretty big sample size. Without Gronk, 88.1. Not horrible, obviously. He's Palm Brady. He's going to the Hall of Fame. With Gronk, 103.1. It's massive. Wow. Yeah, that is massive. Here's two more. Pat's winning percentage when Gronk was out of the lineup. They won 73% of their games. I mean, most teams would be like, that's awesome. But they won 80% of their games with Gronk. That one doesn't blow me away but because they win a lot of games, period. But it's still a pretty big jump. This is what's nuts, though, is Patriots points per game. Without Gronkowski, 27.3, which most teams would take. That's pretty darn good. You can win a lot of games racking up 27 points. With Gronk, 38.8. Wow. <laughs> Over 11 more points per game when Gronkowski's in the lineup. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. The the one thing I will say about tight ends, and it, less so with Gronk, a little bit with George Kittle, is, and I think Kittle's going to even be better as far as a technician, as a route runner. If you compare tight ends to wide receivers, at least if I know I'm not going to have Kittle, like let's say Kittle is gone. He's not in the picture anymore. You have to replace him. I can replace him with two people. I can get somebody who you can flex out, get some mismatches as a big slot type of wide receiver that maybe can chip guys and block a little bit. And I can get somebody in who is your, you know, block first tight end, your traditional big, almost sixth offensive line type guy who's a good blocker. And I can kind of replace a tight end when it comes to someone like Julio Jones. He has a skill set that's so unique. It's not like you can replace him with a platoon. That That's an irreplaceable talent set and skill set. So that is, I think, the one argument still that I could potentially make for, say, paying a wide receiver instead of paying a tight end. And here's the numbers. Uh, San Francisco averaged 4.83 yards per carry and had 23 rushing touchdowns. In the two games that Kittle missed, the 49ers running backs averaged just 2.63 yards per attempt with zero scores. So... I would counter your argument by saying, yes, you can find two people that do what George does or what Rob does, but the defense is going to sub accordingly. And that's the beauty of the player, you know, is I'm going to bring in nickel. If you bring in that guy that can't block, I'm going to bring in base. If you bring in the heavy dude. And I just brought up Gronk's stats and uh, they went down a little late in his career because the last two years or last year in 2018, he only averaged 13 yards a catch, but for his career, he averaged 15.1 yards a catch. I mean, people think about him as a big lumbering dude. He get that. He would get downfield. I mean, in 2016, he averaged 21.6 yards a catch. It's crazy. 
Right. He wasn't just this red zone weapon. Uh, he was a big dude that can rumble too, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was. He was. He, he had Kittle some rare movements, movement skills, just like Kill. Yeah. Get him out in space and watch him run, run through on yeah. tackles, run past guys, safeties. It's it's fun to watch safeties go. Oh, this tight end's about to run by me. Like they're they're not expecting right. it. You know. Like, or uh, over a, me, or right. Yeah, right, or they're worried about the over, and then they're like, "Oh crap, now I can't catch him." Yeah, so you know what? You convinced me, Matt. I'm with you, George Kittle, best yep. position player in the NFL. And you should uh, talk. Tell your uh, locked on Niners folks. I said so. I got the to. best offensive player in the league. That's not a quarterback. Maybe I'll just put this whole segment on the show because I think there you go. Uh, I think the 49ers fans out there would love to hear it. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Matt. We're out of time here. That was fun. We're going to keep it going next week. All the latest news around the league. We'll have another Twitter Thursday. At BD Peacock is where you can find me. At Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt. And we will talk to you then right here. Locked on NFL.